If you use this analogy a load of times, I'll use it one more time. Mm. If me and you are in a bar and someone starts a fight with you, I am there to help to defuse that situation, say as the muscles, because I'm awake, I'm beside you. If I am in sleep, if I am asleep in my bed and you're on your own, you're on your own. You have to deal with that. And that's yeah. what happens, people, if they just run. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Lean365 podcast. So today I'm delighted we've got another guest on board. We've got Owen Everard, who is a bit of a specialist when it comes to lower back pain, movement, biomechanics, and he's going to be given as much value as possible in terms of lower back pain, injury prevention, mobility, basically not getting injured, which is some advice I probably needed six months ago, and share as much knowledge as possible in that area. So without any further ado, uh, welcome to the podcast. Owen, it's great to have you on board. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Big fan, so um, thanks a million. Oh, amazing. I'm glad you've... Uh, been enjoying the episodes over the last few months yeah they've been great yeah yeah so yeah delighted to be on give us a bit of a rundown then I mean in terms of um your background how you got into what you're doing now I know you've obviously been studying and and doing this for a while so you must be a bit of an expert in that area where did it all start yeah well I'm I'm quite good at running um so I would have been decent at running when I was underage I've, I've broken the four minute mile and 13.58 for 5k and I've won um that is I know. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so five like national championships and 13, I'm the current thirteen fifty eight for a five k. Did you say? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Ass. The parkrun is quite good that people can understand. Like that is a good time. Yeah, that's incredible time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Just blown away by that. I'm, I'm not like trying to. I mean, for me, sub twenty minutes is 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 a really good running time. For oh a yeah, sub twenty minutes is a very good time. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and then like. like incredible. Twenty nine minutes for ten k as well. So yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, yeah. You are a. Uh, you are so, <laughs> yeah so maybe we um, can go into a bit of that as well yeah <laughs> no problem no problem yeah um so always in kind of obviously into like the sporting side of stuff like yourself chris and mm. and the training so i went down the physiotherapy route and then um i did my like in like my placement or internship over in montreal and canada in like 2008 and um i was at a lecture and someone was talking about like functional movement and this idea that where where someone has an injury might be the cause of the injury so a lot of times like if we think of the body like mm -hmm. the ankle should have good movement the knee should like only flex and extend like so it shouldn't buckle in or buckle out the mm -hmm. hip should have good movement good range of motion it's a ball and socket joint mm -hmm. the lower back should be quite stable the upper back should the thoracic spine should have good movement. It should be able to extend and rotate. Mm -hmm. And it just really hit me. It's like, oh my God, this is like, this is what we've been missing rather than just focusing on the, the one area, like really thinking about how the whole body is connected. And then I finished, um, I finished physiotherapy basically. And I really got into the mechanic side of things. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times with physio, the places that you see the injuries are the knee and the lower back because we're kind of designed as humans, like from cavemen or cave women. So our primary function is that we need to be able to move, to gather food, to protect ourselves from danger. Yeah. So if you get stiff at, at the hips or stiff in the ankle, it's not a case of like you can just stop moving. So you'll just compensate. And generally then we move excessively in the lower back and we move excessively in the knee when we're trying to run, when we're trying to lift, et cetera. And then the 
too much movement through these joints that aren't really designed for that much movement causes a lot of it the issues I see. So then I went on and I I did my uh, PhD in biomechanics, looking at kind of human movement. Um, and then basically, yeah, so I just had a real interest in the back pain. I'd then give rehabilitation exercises to a lot of patients and a good few of them would come back doing them incorrectly or I'd be in the gym and I nearly have to come home and bleach my eyes from seeing the form that a lot of people had yeah and I was then like why do they do that now there is a few reasons but one I was like if they could see or they could feel what I see or feel they just never would move that way they wouldn't they would just not do it so then I was like it'd be great if there was like a device that could give them feedback when they're doing a lift yeah tell them they're going into a bad position and then that's what I've been developing over the last like kind of two to three years it's called the back aware belt so it's a it's technology that we wear on your back it's like a belt but it gives you feedback it buzzes or when you're doing follow along videos you can see your back position as you're doing them to make sure you're doing things correctly so that's kind of a whistle stop tour of uh where i've been and what i'm doing that's really interesting that um the products you're developing that sounds really cool as well you need to get that on dragon stand or something it sounds like i know yeah it's probably a little bit early for that but yeah um uh we're doing stuff with the university of limerick here and um a good few things like i'm putting so much money and time into it but like i really believe in it hopefully when it's when it's out it'll make a big difference to people yeah that sounds really good i think that is one thing that um that i know as an online coach see coming from a personal training background people lifting when the clients specifically lifting weights it's always an area that's a little bit more difficult to coach in because i'm not with them physically in the gym yes yeah yeah even though they've got quite detailed videos in terms of like explaining the exercise or not even yes in the exercise but showing them the exercise it's still very difficult to coach on form and i will give people like a good hopefully clear feedback for maybe from a video analysis or something like that yes it is hard it's, it's a difficult area and i think as a personal trainer even there's probably 90 percent of personal trainers probably aren't even the best at actually coaching form but yeah difficult area to be able to to help people in um tell you what when i have one ready i'll send it over because you'll be able to buy these for like about 150 149 pounds so it might be a thing that like you just you put it on and then when they're doing your videos at least then you're, they're getting some feedback that yeah, yeah i'm doing that correctly like but how does it how does it work then so like give us a bit of a rundown of like what the sort of data is where does it link like how does the kind ba- of work? so basically it's like there's a sensor that we have a patent on along the the back so when you wear you wear this like very lightweight belt Mm. looks slightly like a weight belt but it doesn't give them an amount of support and then there's the sensors there's sensors down along the spine that kind of tell you say when you're upright they'll basically have a sensor that is in an app that you can see and if you move into a flexion or extension the sensor moves and because there's a thing called a neutral spine that we can talk about like mm. there's a range you want to kind of keep your back in and if you move the back excessively past that the belt will start to vibrate or you can see it on the app that it'll essentially go red on it's like a it's a little line so it goes red and it's just to give people that like feedback like you know if you are doing a deadlift or a squat that we want you moving through the hips to get that moving back through the hips but keeping the 
the lower back stable and it's just some some kind of little thing just to give people feedback that they're doing things correctly that sounds like a really good product what are the kind of biggest mistakes you think people make with like your squats and your deadlifts like is there anything that you see quite often oh 100 they round at their back like they like people do squats and deadlifts to work on say like leg strength and then to stabilize to get like a solid core mm. so what you need then to do is really focus on like say pushing back through the hips if it's deadlift like push your hips back to the wall behind you yeah even a squat like bending like imagine that you're going to sit kind of into a chair and keep the core and keep the back in a good alignment like so you yeah. the main fault especially with deadlifts is that the hips don't go back at all and people are just like essentially folding, using the Absolutely. back muscles yeah, to lift. Friendless form. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And one, it's an increased chance of injury. But two, it's like you're not doing that as a back exercise. No. So you're not like if you've got your legs basically stiffened out, it's like the legs aren't getting used at all there. So mm. the focus of the exercise is completely incorrect. Yeah. Because the form is so terrible. So it's it's the same with um we we can use we use the belt also like for plank say and i show so if you arch all the way down you come all the way up when you find the middle holding the pelvis in that position is going to activate the core the most yeah but a lot of people when they do plank like i'll start a lot of people on their knees they should be able to arch their back and round they should be able yeah. to move their pelvis mm. if they're just moving their whole body i go back to all fours until they can find that middle and then like just lift right arm and left leg like a bird dog or a superman while holding the core once they get that say on our elbows doing a plank where you can just arch find the middle and then hold that position and then try straighten one leg and don't let the stomach drop yeah because a lot of times when people are doing a plank the stomach is dropped they're essentially like just locking in with their hip flexors i know what you mean yeah and arching at their back so they're now not working the abs or the core muscles they're actually just working their back oh, muscles back. and their hip flexor muscles so not only is it like an increased chance of injury it's also like you're not you're not getting the results that you should because you're not working the muscles that you want to work yeah yeah 100 it's like when um it's not really common that i see people or people actually in my dms i've spoke to and they sort of do lots of sit-ups because they're trying to get a six oh, 100 common i remember having someone recently was that i started doing press-ups and sit-ups and my response to them was you're actually probably doing more harm than good by saying yeah. like 50 setups 100 setups everything i know that I, when i do a setup after about like 10 my back is really i, I can feel it in my back more than i can yeah. in my core so i know that there's a lot better exercises that you can do that aren't way 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 better because if you think um now like musculature so basically uh i might have these figures slightly wrong um but basically when when you flex the back, like for not to put stress on a disc, it can take about 1,850 newtons of force, okay? Mm. When you come up fully into a, a sit-up, you're putting about 2,150. So you're going above the capacity that the discs and the back have. Now, you won't rupture it once. It's like if I, if I bang that door shut, it'd mm. be, have to be a ridiculously hard bang to like, break the hinges but if i continually to bang that over time that kind of micro load will kind of damage that and it's the same also when people hold someone's feet doing sit-ups or you know you put your feet underneath yes the abs attach 
I know people probably can't see this. The abs attach to the pelvis and then they attach to the rib cage. Mm. They have nothing to do with the feet. So if you have your feet held or your feet underneath or your feet slightly lift, the muscles you are working there are the hip flexors. Yes. So a lot of people are doing these full press-ups, mm. one putting the back under more load and stress, the discs under more load and stress than they have the capacity to handle without any without any kind of irritation. And then two, really they're working like the hip flexors. So they're going to have these like ripped hip flexors, which yeah. nobody wants. Nobody wants. A, yeah. a better exercise to do would be right, find your middle. So like have like just one hand with, so you should be able to say, touch your two fingers underneath your lower back. So if I flatten, yeah. I come all the way up, I find the middle. Then you keep your hand there so you don't flatten the back down. Lift the shoulder blades. So just lift the shoulder blades off the ground. Okay, mm -hmm. so lift your shoulder blades off the ground. Your knees can be bent up. You can even straighten one leg if you want, but that's yeah. here or there. Then, so keeping the lower back in a safe position, take your arms, if you have even small weight, even better. Keeping the shoulder blades up, bring your arms overhead. Because now what you're going to do is you're lengthening, you're, you're contracting the abs, lifting up further than that really is only bringing in hip flexor. Mm -hmm. You're contracting the abs and you're lengthening the abs on both sides. Yeah. So that's going to work the abs, holding for 10 seconds, then bring the arms back yeah. up for 10. That's going to work the abs in a much safer position for the lower back and way, way harder because it's only targeting abs and not targeting the lower back. Then doing these full press-ups, full press-ups with a turn that really are working the hip flexors more and too are putting too much stress on the lower back. Yeah, I agree. So is that like almost like a hollow hold type position in terms of like... Kind of like a hollow hold. I wouldn't be mad on the, hold. the hollow the hollow part of it, but the exact same idea. Exact same idea. Hollow hold, legs out, arm out, but just try to keep the lower back with that, just one hand width of a space. Yeah, I've I've done an exercise, I think like that. I, I'm know that literally just lying on my back and really trying to push my back like, into the ground so there's not I'm not able to really get much underneath my back and just just simply lifting foot off the ground I, I used to find that really challenging that used to really work my core and yeah it, that will work it, your core as well definitely yeah it, like it should be quite an easy exercise because a lot of people even when they're doing like I don't know like a lying leg raise that they'll have a big like they'll be able to get almost like their arm underneath there yeah 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 also doing it so it's not actually not as effective as what it should be so it is I think it is difficult people always maybe don't have their knowledge in terms of how to train their core properly what what are the kind of biggest exercises that you think would be beneficial towards let's let's make it more vanity in terms of like obviously working your core but maybe towards actually developing your abs as well that's what you know i, I know a lot of guys listen to this are going to want yeah. to understand well, well that one as you said but like a hollow hold i don't go for the the hollow part because it's harder to transfer over now you could because you're still contracting the abs mm. but um It'll, it'll transfer back over more. So like having your arms overhead will really lengthen, even on a Swiss ball. If you arch over a Swiss ball a little bit, then just try to lift back up and having a heavy weight and then just doing like 10 to 20 second holes and then arching back over. You know yourself from doing other exercises. What you want is if you have, if you're eccentric, if the muscle is lengthened and you're trying to tone, yeah. that's when it's working its hardest. Uh, you'd have to be slightly careful with it just build up into it but that's when it works um that that is when it works its best again 
your rollouts will work very well, you know, either from your knees or from your um your knees or from your feet. But I would start from the knees, arch the back, come all the way up. Yeah. Hold the middle. Like focus. I said that's where I have with the the back aware belt. It's like focus on nothing moving in the back. And then like say with a wheel or whatever, rolling your arms all the way out. I see people do that, but again, it's not even the exercises. Plank will do it. Um, you know, there's so many exercises, but it's doing them with with control of the pelvis. Mm. If you just tilt the pelvis forward, you are now using the hip flexors, switching off the abs, and you're losing the lower back, switching off the glutes. Mm because you're tilted that way you know so there's no point doing massive rollouts with a massive anterior tilt yeah you're just working the back muscles and that's where you'll feel it in your back if you can find the middle and hold it you'll get so much more out of that and so much safer because you're now really working the actual core and ab muscles yeah i agree i, I know that's something that i've suffered with in the past i have had an anterior pelvic tilt i know that i've been like very quad heavy and like when i've i've been to physios in the past where i've had yeah. like niggles and stuff and they have told me that my glutes aren't firing properly because a lot of the force that i'm producing through like a squat and stuff is just predominantly through my quad so i've then tried to like rectify that i guess more but it's difficult with guys because they're not always as, as like open to training their glutes as much as they should and your posterior chain as much as you should and yeah 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 it's quite easy to do a, a lot of quad work and stuff so i know that i'm something i've been guilty of do you find do you see that quite a lot that guys do neglect their glutes and actually like get them firing the way that they yeah should? or as you said or that core but again you can kind of you'll probably know much more about this chris about how to like get the definition but i think it's something where if we can the way i do a gym right we were saying how we'd we talk about developing like a a save athlete is I go break it into blocks. So I have a warm up. Mm. I have like power exercises as A block. I yeah. have max strength as B block. I have C and D block as work capacity, which is essentially like anatomical adaptation, hypertrophy, that type of work. Yeah. And then E block is muscle correction. Now it's been, it's, I suppose it depends on if people will skip this, but essentially what you could do is say, look, I still want to work like you know, like bench, I want to work the muscles that are bigger, you know, my, like my squat, as long as the technique is, is fine, no problem. And then in the warm up and in the E block, which would be the movement correction, that's where you could do your, like, say, so you could have warm up, like mobility stuff, stretching out. So you feel ready. A block could be like either your Olympic lifts or yeah. could be some like jumps or power. B block could be like, depending on if that's the focus. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it could be like heavy squat, heavy bench, um, yeah. you know, pull-ups. It could be deadlift. It could be whatever, like, your sets are you do there. Mm -hmm. C and D block, depending, again, on if if you're new to the gym, uh, we, we can talk about it in a second. Like, you should be focusing more on, I have it as a pyramid. I can talk about it in a second. Yeah. But C and D block could be, like, you know, your 3 by 12 of, like, a split squat into an inverse row into, like, uh like a, some kind of hinge, like kettlebell swings for 20 yeah. into like press-ups, for example. Yeah. And then an E-block will be like, okay, bridging, but really making sure that like hand on my stomach, hand on my back, no, all the movement through the hip and back up, no anterior tilt there. I'm not just arching through my back. Mm. Same with the core. We could have like, say, 
plank from the knees or rollouts, but like, again, making sure I'm just purely focused on can I maintain this like neutral pelvis and not go into that anterior tilt? Yeah. You know, so we can still get the, the, cause I think sometimes what can happen is, and I say that like I, I lecture as well. And I, I say it to my students, like the problem is a lot of times you got one extreme or the other, you got like some people who all they want to do is the movement corrections mm. and fix the issues that they see. And like, then the gym becomes basically foam rolling and core. Yeah. Yeah. And a guy, as you said, a guy or a girl is like, look, I want to lose weight or I want to get stronger. And yeah. then on the other side, you can have people like, well, I'm either not aware of these issues or I'm aware, but look, the person just wants to look better. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for this because I don't want to do that. Nothing but foam rolling or mobility work. And I want to get them burning, like, like burning calories and yeah. getting stronger. And I'm saying if you go for that type of like a block B a C and D being work capacity in your warm up and in at the end, you can correct the movements. And the other thing you can do, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but um, is right. Say, say someone sends you a video into you, Chris, right? And you, you just ask them to do a deadlift and you can see they just round their back like crazy. They're terrible at it. Yeah. But when you ask them to do a squat, it's like, yeah, you know what? That squat doesn't look too bad in the A block or the B block or the C and D, the bits that you're looking for performance just get them to do loads of squats or a split squat or or maybe like if there's a sled that they're doing in a gym like push that or step ups do the things for performance or for looking for aesthetics or fitness that they're actually quite good at and then use the e-block and the warm-up to correct the the deadlift correct the anterior pelvic tilt that way yeah that way you're going to get the best of both worlds yeah that's a really good way of looking at it how would you how would uh, like you fix for example if your deadlift was where you were struggling like what would be an easy way to try and improve that oh same with the squat as well because i know they are typically exercises i think probably the biggest two exercises that people yeah. do really struggle i literally had a client today I'll, I'll give you an example um he actually messaged me and said that he he struggles to get you might be able to give some advice on this but he struggles to get his hands back because he hasn't got the mobility to bring his hands mm, behind yeah. it to hold the barbell and um, and he asked me is there any exercises that he can do that can help with that to improve that mobility so i said about um exercises like bringing like a band behind your back almost yeah like, brilliant yeah ideal ability there um and stuff like that is it anything i mean that's an example but if if there are like i guess problems yeah. in these areas that's, that's a perfect okay so that's a perfect example okay so there are three main reasons there's four one is anatomy if if you've got long femurs, so if your thighs are long, you're not going to be a good squatter. So like volleyball players, basketball players, some athletes, if your legs are super long and your torso isn't that long, just just biomechanically, I can go into why, but it's like biomechanically, you're not going to be a good squatter. Mm. Um, or if you say you had a fusion in your knee or something like that, you just can't physically move the joints. Like you just got to make adapt- adaptations. The other three reasons are easily to easy easily changed Mm. um the first is as you said there is a mobility issue the second is an activation or stability issue if you can't switch on the muscle the last is what we call a motor control or technique okay you do them in that order as well fix mobility first fix stability fix motor control why that order there's two main reasons the first is we are not that evolved, as I said, from cavemen or cave women. We are designed to be able to move. Mm. So 
if you if you are restricted in a certain area, you'll always be able to compensate some way. Long term, it might be good, but the body's not designed for long term. The body is designed for short term, like getting around. That's why we love sugars and salts, because it's like, well, I don't know if this will be here tomorrow, even though instinctively we know we have a fridge full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also that's how we develop as children. When you're born, you're able to like, you know, bring your toe into your mouth. Mm. Uh, I, after about four months, you learn how to start crawling. And I have a lot of, I've seen a lot of children who have issues come to me about like nine or 10. They can't really walk correctly or they're really awkward with the running. Yeah. I asked the parents, did your child crawl? 90% of the time they're like, no, they bum shuffled. They used those, they, they kind of didn't really do much. They bum shuffled and then they started walking. So they never got that underlying core and glute stability that most kids need before skipping the step. Um, okay, so, and then lastly is sometimes it's just the technique. They just need to learn how to do it. They haven't practiced and that's that's the the last bit and that's what the back of wearables will help with. Yeah. So say for that particular example that you're saying, there's two, um, there's two things there. Yeah, one, it is a mobility issue. So, the exercise you said with the band is quite good. He needs to improve that. I would foam roll the upper back, like really arching over. He needs to get, we talked about that joint by joint. So the ankle, hip, upper back, shoulder, they are the joints. Mm. 95% of humans, if they just focus on mobility in those areas, other ones I would do with him. So I do definitely foam roll over, over a foam roller at the upper back, trying to arch over the, over the back because I'm trying to get that extension back in because you'll only have about 40 degrees of shoulder flexion. If you can't get the last bit of extension, that's what allows that shoulder to go back and say, hold the back squat. Other mm. nice one is a quarter squat. Go up against the wall. Make sure your eyes are facing forward. So the eyes will want to tilt up, tilt down the chin. So your eyes are looking straight yeah. and then have your hands down by your side and then lift up and back down for like a minute. Yeah, because that's just then going to open up the 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 postural thoracic muscles, and I guarantee if he can't get into that position, hands down just up to ninety, so it's not affecting the shoulders. That's going to open his thoracic spine like crazy. Now, so we know he can't really back squat correctly because he can't get into position. Mm -hmm. And what we were just talking about is in some programs. That's all they're doing. And he's going to get bored or he's going to get disappointed because he's like, okay, my thoracic mobility is getting better, but I have a bigger belly than ever, even though I'm doing this gym. Mm. So what we do is we we do those type of like band exercises, uh, wall angels in the warm-up. Yeah. We'll skip the A block because we'll just stick on 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 strength if this be an issue. You want to do back squat for strength. Yeah. Well, we know we can't get into that position. So what we can do for strength is hold two dumbbells and maybe do a squat or maybe do like a heavy dumbbells, yeah. but do a, do a heavy squat or a heavy split squat on both sides. Mm. We're still getting the same effect, but we're doing it in a way that he can do it safely. Yeah. yeah. Then in the E block, again, if this guy's sitting a lot, we, we're trying to correct the mobility in that A in the warm up. We might do a little bit more mobility because this is a lot of mobility. Like, so another one I might do is in all fours and just rotating the upper back. So like yeah. kind of elbow, like one hand on your your neck, elbow to elbow, and then rotating around to open up 
mm. that thoracic spine. But then I would also do like lying on my stomach, elbows into the side exchange. One thing we do with that, never, ever, ever squeeze your shoulder blades together. It really, it ruins the way the shoulder blade moves. It tightens up the rhomboids and it doesn't allow the shoulder blade to glide. All you do is bring your elbows to the side, lift the upper back as he does that, uh, extend the arms, cross over. So, you know, you're like IYWTs kind yes, of thing. Yeah, but yeah. lifting the upper, just the W is the most important. Lifting the upper back when he goes into the W, lowering the upper back when he goes, say, maybe to the T. Lift the upper back, eyes looking straight down. So we're now, that's the stability or the activation element. We're getting the mobility and then we're trying to like switch on those postural muscles that can switch off. Mm. And then lastly, we can do it with like a band, just get him in and that'd be the motor control. Just getting his arms practicing, being in that position, a band will give him a little bit more flexibility to do it than a bar. Yeah. yeah. And in that way, right, after like say maybe four weeks to eight weeks, he still got all the benefits we wanted from the gym per se. But because we've targeted it in the warm up and we've targeted it in the e block, yeah, we've then we've then we can put give him a back squat in the like say after eight weeks of programming and now he's back he's he's restored a a range of motion, um and then he has it and it would be the same I can do the same if you want for like a deadlift how we would do it but like that's yeah. the idea that this is a really good idea so you're essentially they're still getting the, the bang for their butt from their workout because you're changing the kind of modality in terms of how they train so you're doing something that's safer like yeah like a split squat a lunge um something that is i suppose there's less risk of injury and it's just a, especially with his arms yeah we're taking that out of it we're taking the bit that yeah. he struggles with out for sure yeah, that's so exactly it back basically so like you because that's just something that often with beginners will use like a goblet squat or even even leg press you know is, is yes is easy enough to start off with and then move on to something like a back squat when it's something that we know there's probably less chance of it not looking quite so good and there being an injury risk um but yeah i like the idea in terms of like actually still improving your mobility at the start and at the end and then over time you can then move on to that exercise instead of just writing it off completely because the last exactly thing unsafely and then actually get an injury further on down the line which is what happens to a lot of people um and that's so why it's important that people like mm. you know like it's just like health is a so a lot of times people don't feel like they deserve a, like a personal coach mm. like even for running coaches like we, we'd help out and stuff and a lot of times like they're like oh no i would would people think i had notions or especially in ireland we're very like who does he think he is you know that way but it's like if you're putting time into this, you deserve to get the results. So, like, you know, having someone like Chris, one, it takes all the accountability. You don't have to think about what you're doing. And two, like, he'll be able to think about these aspects for you. Yeah. So it's just one thing. It just always drives me mental when I see people. Like, we spend so much money on, like, like other stuff that's just not important. And in our health, we're like, oh, I'll just do it off a YouTube video or, oh, I just saw this dude in the gym do this, I'll do that. And there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot, there's so much to have it just to say like, Chris has a program. You just open it up on a Monday. Yeah. There's your program. And you're, it just takes the thinking out of it and just allows you to concentrate on just doing the program and following along. That's it. I've always been saying that the value of coaching is, is huge. I think people don't always understand that sometimes. Like the fact that you can literally... I don't even want to say like pay in terms of it being a cost Like you can, you can invest into something that is going to have a massive return on potentially years of making mistakes. And I've yeah. seen some people that, um, you know, regrettably they, they've said they've been trying to get in shape 
for years or you know maybe yeah. for example they've, they've suffered with some sort of lower back pain for years and it's only like some sort of trauma is has caused them to take action and that's generally what leads to it I've, I've said something the other day like anyone that's really serious you know about wanting to look and feel their best at some point in their life which most people will like at some point they'll get a coach they just don't know it yet like they'll they might yeah a coach I'm, I'm fine but at some point maybe they'll see someone or something that inspires them or maybe they look at a photo of themselves and they're like is that actually me because that's quite common people people can yeah and then they'll invest in a coach and then they'll exactly say they'll save the years of making mistakes by actually then finding someone who's got the knowledge and gaining it from them i suppose in your industry is yours i suppose your, a lot of yours is quite like almost like reactive i guess because people have an injury and then they come to yeah, you yeah some people yeah. that are there for like injury prevention as well in terms of they're like proactive and they, they don't want to get injured i suppose before they then well, fingers crossed never you get an injury if they're kind of working with yeah no more like a lot of it is like we do stuff at runners we have like a sports pilates program like at everard eve or ard pilates.com so that's kind of for runners to be a bit proactive because all they do is run they don't want to do the gym, but they, they need to be doing some kind of gym because you can't just run yes. and not have, you need, running is great for burning calories, but it is yeah. absolutely terrible for activating muscles. Yeah. So you need something in the week to wake up your muscles. So that's the, that's the place where we'd have some people be proactive, which is brilliant. Mm. Um, and as you said, like I just I said, I had a patient yesterday. She has a new running coach who's a friend of mine. And it's like, we were just chatting about it. She's not a brilliant runner or anything, but she's like, she just loves it. And I'm, it's just, as you said, it's like when people get a coach, mm. like they won't regret it. You know, it's like, there's a lot of things you can regret spending money on, but I can guarantee nobody regrets the time they had like that coach. You know, it's like, you won't think of the money you spent or invested in it. You'll just think, geez, that's great. My health is so much better. And sometimes it's great when it costs money. Yeah. I have a, a saying like, I know like if people don't pay, they don't pay attention. Absolutely. I could be at a party and someone's like, oh, I have back pain. Mm. And I could tell them like the same information I would give to a patient who comes into me. Mm. And the amount of times I see him, it's like, oh, did you ever do those exercises? No, no, I'd never got around to it. My back's still a bit sore. And then if they say, oh, what was it again? I'm like, oh, just book in. Because I'm like, you're, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm not, I'm doing you a disservice by just telling you this. Yeah. You need to pay and feel a little bit of a sting. Yeah. And then know like, okay, someone pay for this. I'm committed now. Like yeah. it's like that burn the ships kind of thing. Oh, you know? it's like you need to, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They have to put skin in the game. This way, sometimes like a lot of um, I'll have to speak to guys and they'll say like, or girls, I'll be like, oh, my friend is helping me or has helped me in the past um, to try and get in shape, and it's just not the same because they don't have the same level of accountability. They're not investing into it, so there's yeah. there's less risk of them. Well, there's less chance of them actually being successful. Whereas, like you say, if you actually spend your own hard working money, and it, it has to be enough money, I think, to actually give you that little bit of like. Um, you know, sometimes feeling a little bit anxious in terms of, well, have I made the right decision there? That's what yeah. I you. Like, I know that when I've invested in myself, or even in just fitness, I suppose I haven't invested um, a lot of money into like a coach in, in regards to what I have in terms of like business. But when I've made a big business investment, that's cost me, like that's definitely got me to my A game in terms of like working really hard and having the accountability to not make it a waste. Whereas, yeah, exactly. I know that if I got that for free, there's no way that I would have the same level of work. No get the job done and i think that's one of the most important things like actually investing in yourself and yeah like you say like having a, a real like intent to make it work um instead of getting stuff for free in life which isn't always as effective no and especially with friends it's like if a friend 
is helping you along and you kind of say to that friend, oh, look, this they're not going to ruin the friendship with like, if you give them a BS excuse to be like, yeah, that sounds right. Look, I'll get back on it. Where if you're saying it, well, both I, kind of, I remember I was helping a girl with like a marathon, right? Mm. Um, I don't really, I do a little bit of running coaching now, but not crazy. And like, I was like, look, let's just get like a diet plan just to make sure you're on the right lines. Mm. And she was like, you know, oh, I just needed a bit of salt here. She wasn't eating proper dinners. Like she was just busy, but it's like, then it was like, you need to start eating dinners. Like we just need to batch cook. Yeah. And she's like, you know, you'd want a bit of salt. And she had like three bags of like salt and vinegar chips. I'm like, you know, because then it's not a friend going, yeah, I could see that. I was like, come on, you are ripping the pee here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And and then, and and sometimes you need that tough love for someone being objective. It's like, that's not the way to do this. Yeah. You know, take an electrolyte or whatever but you're not having three bags of chips like crisps and telling me it's it's interesting. That, like you freaking like that in some way this was for salt balance as yeah. opposed to like you were just hungry you then ate these because you haven't had a dinner to like fill you you know it's interesting like sometimes like we've we've got that sometimes where clients just decide they're going to kind of do their own thing and it's just it, like it's interesting in terms of why they decide to get a coach if they just want to go and do their own thing and change loads of stuff but i guess that's um that's a different topic for another day, maybe. In terms yeah, of yeah. in terms of the running side of things, that's an interesting one because I've got into running a lot myself recently. Well, I did before I got injured. Definitely looking to get back into it again. Um, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of what you said that that you, you can't just run on air, on its own. That you have to have some element of lifting weights, getting stronger, and doing that as well. Especially if the goal is obviously to improve your body composition. Um, but just even if you want to stay running, yeah, exactly. See, there's all running injuries. Like that, you got your pec tear. No runner in has ever, except for sprinters, torn a muscle. Yeah, that's you think about it. They no one tears a muscle. Mm. They get plantar fasciitis, which is a passive injury, like is an injury to the fascia. Yeah, they get Achilles tendonitis, injury to the tendon. They get knee pain, joint. They get plant. They get a uh, like hamstring tendinopathies. Yeah, hamstring kind of strains, not tears. Yeah, they get back pain. They get hip pain. They're all passive yeah. injuries. They're injuries to the ligaments, the tendons, or the joints. Mm. Because, as we said, running does not work the muscles. It mm. works the... It, it's very good for burning calories. Mm. It's very good for cardiovascular health. Mm. But if you do an overload on these things, you need to wake up the wake up the muscles and doing something like our sports is doing something like, like gym is perfect. You need something that works the muscles because it wakes them up then the body wants to be healthy mm. if the muscles are woken up they will naturally take pressure off the joints and the ligaments and the tendons if they are inhibited or asleep they cannot do that i've used this analogy a load of times i'll use it one more time mm. if me and you are in a bar and someone starts a fight with you i am there to help to diffuse that situation says the muscles because i'm awake i'm beside you if i am in sleep if i am asleep in my bed and you're on your own you're on your own. You have to deal with that. And that's yeah. what happens, people, if they just run. The mm. ligament, because the muscles are dormant, they're asleep. Yeah. They're not, you need to burn these muscles at least once a week uh, to take pressure off. And then for body composition, yeah, it's like, it should be, yeah, like gym should be at least half the week. You know yeah. much more about that than me. 
you can definitely still maintain running whilst you are trying to get in shape because a lot of people there's, there's kind of like two ends of the spectrum you get a lot of people that typically go to running when they're trying to lose weight like i see that quite often like you know people get their running shoes out when they're on a weight loss journey and in actual fact they're just gonna like you said they're burn through muscle and not really improve and get to where they want to get to but then you'll get like the whole like bodybuilder route which will be like oh you can't run because you're going to burn loads of muscle and, and that kind of stuff and i used to think that a little bit as well in terms of if you are doing that and you're, you're on like some sort of fat loss plan so i know that from my experience that so you can quite easily balance both and i'm very like a big advocate um and i know matt as well who's our other coach my brother he's a big advocate of like, the hybrid approach in terms of you know still having a really good element of cardiovascular yeah. to your training and actually then having a mix between cardio and weights and also kind of working different energy systems so not just you know doing yeah. aerobic in terms of like longer distance but also doing like more sprints here oh big that kind of stuff as well like going for like the full spectrum um is that kind of like what you recommend in terms of you know 100 some- 100 like i'm trying to i think we do have loads of people who are doing ironmans and marathons and i actually can i write programs for them because most most generic programs for marathons are 100 stonewall garbage really that's interesting i'm actually to do a marathon next year i'm uh, pretty much not booked it yet but we're looking at doing the paris marathon in april so um i've done give, half give me a buzz and i can just, I set, I'll say, just yeah. yeah i'll send you a program we can even chat we could do it like we could do like a podcast here we could talk through it most yeah. of them are stonewall garbage terrible yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. as all they focus on is even even when they go beyond like trying to just get around it i'm talking about when Every program from six hours to like three hours is just to get around a program. Mm. It's just about like plod jogging during the week with just one super long run on the weekend. Doesn't account for like trying to improve your 5K or 10K time. Doesn't account for trying to improve your like your aerobic or your your lactic threshold. So like that aerobic engine Mm. doesn't account for practicing marathon kind of pace or effort when in the long runs when you're tired mm. all accounts for is number four of what you need is time on feet and getting used to that yeah yeah Fucking awful terrible like I and think... then and then in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king some dude does that program who probably could run maybe a two-hour 30 marathon runs it in three hours and was like oh he's good we'll just copy what he did it's like he doesn't know any better yeah he's just done the one thing that he knew like, yeah. yeah, of course, it's going to get you around. And if you're halfway talented, you're going to do, you know, you could run a four hour or three and three and a half hour, but you're, you're not in any way getting the most out of yourself. Now, that being said, sorry, I went on a tangent there. Most no. people shouldn't do a marathon. Yeah. You won't look your best. Yeah. You're probably you'll be the most likely chance to be injured. I'm trying. The amount of times I tell people you need the most aesthetically, like if you just want to look good, people get into running a lot of times to get fit and healthy. Yeah. To be your fittest and your healthiest, to look the best, to feel fit, feel healthy. As a human, you should be able to do everything. You should be able to lift something strong. You should be quite yeah. flexible. You should be able to sprint short distances. You should be able to run long distances. I like the analogy hard to kill on this one. This is something that myself and uh, one of my friends, Simon, speak about in terms of having like being a bit of everything so that you're... That's absolutely... I love that. Hard I... to kill. And that's <laughs> kind of linked to what we were saying where we haven't evolved from cavemen or cave women. Mm. Yeah, so that's exactly it. Hard mm. to kill like that. If something caught you, could you go quickly away from it? Could you like wrestle it? Could you like move your body in a way to get? Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Should yeah, it should prepare you for for out, outside, right? For me doing the gym in terms of training, that's what you should be there for. I think that like you know, even for example, if you're in the gym 
and then you're having to put you know something in the overhead locker when you're on a plane like that is that's a hard movement to do if we haven't trained our body in a way in which yeah we do just everyday things like put something in the cupboard like in, in your house and you'd be surprised at some people's lack of um, ability to be able to do the most simple tasks I, i'll give you a really good example i'm not sure if you saw this video went viral but um I think I might have speaking about this in my last podcast, and maybe it was one of my podcasts I did with one of my, my clients. But there's a video that went viral anyway, and there was a, a really overweight woman in the U, in the USA, and um, she was with her baby who was in a pram, and she actually fell over. Because she, I think because she was overweight, something happened, right? And it was by this really busy highway, and this is actually real as well. This isn't this isn't made up. And her baby's pram was rolling down, rolling the hill, down, and it was going towards this this highway, and you know would have would have killed the baby. She couldn't get up. So she was that overweight, that yeah. shape, that in, inability to be able to react in a situation of not being able to look after her own child, which she put on this yeah. earth. Um, and thankfully, there was a pedestrian that stopped the the pram before um, yeah. it went to the road and killed the baby. And like that, if that's not like an eye-opening reason to sort yourself out and improve your health, your mobility, yeah. get emotional, I don't know what it is. Like if you can't look after your own child on this earth and you know be able to see that, it's it's stuff like that is just, I think, is, is a huge shock. And I think a lot of people are sometimes surprised at their lack of fitness and their lack of ability to be able to do things. And even if your goal is that you you don't want to walk around and look, and look six-pack trail all the time, that's not that's not how everyone has to live their life. But no. you should have a basic level of fitness, just a basic level of cardiovascular and, and musculoskeletal fitness that yeah. you carry around with you. That, that gives and, you- and like, and that, that now, like, that lady, like, she knows she's not fit. The mm. problem is if you're getting ready for a marathon, people think you're super fit. Mm. You're not that fit and you're not that healthy. Like, no. like do it. If do look, I as I said, I have friends who they do marathons. I've done, like I said, like ten k's, ten miles, and like sub fifty. So I am a runner. You know that's what I do. But if if I was if someone was just for pure fitness and health, it's like as you said, you'd be surprised what someone who's running say sixty miles a week isn't able to do, mm. and it's just about having at least one day in balance to get the best that you're running. But if you're actually looking at fitness and health, which a lot of people get into running to do become fit and healthy. And then somewhere along the lines, it gets, I'll just keep doing more and more as opposed to go, am I, am I still like as fit and healthy as I want? Yeah. Or am I now just sucked into, I'm just going to try run this longer distance. I think you guess for like an out of shape, untrained individual that's just starting out on their journey. I actually think that running is probably more detrimental to them to begin with. Like um, when we get someone that starts with us, we'll quite often have like a real singular focus of, of getting them in good shape. So like we'll really focus yeah. on improving their body composition. And often we, we won't even worry about doing runs and stuff like that because I mean, one, we don't want to create overwhelm, but two, often because they're overweight and they're out of shape like they're putting a lot of stress on their joints like if they've got yes an unwanted amount of weight and then they're running all the time and putting that it's almost going to actually set them back a little bit more so i would sometimes say that we have like a phase that when a client comes out of being in great shape they will move into what we call like a performance phase which essentially at that point if they do have a goal of wanting to get into running well client at the moment it's like pushing for a sub 5k a couple of clients that are looking at doing half marathons and they're like unless they're in good shape i don't advise that they do it whilst they're carrying quite a lot of timber i think you have to get your body almost like primed to actually get into the running side of things i guess unless it's extremely recreational where it's not going to be as much stress on your joints anyway yeah and look in ways i would agree with that if i was going to do anything i would do the gym 
but in ways like if you're sometimes it's just starting isn't it if you're in that place just like mm. just get on the runners even if it's just going for a power walk yeah or like Sorry. if it's like sometimes people just don't even know where to start it's like just do something you do want a low bar um, i agree yeah that. yeah so mm-hmm. i would recommend if you could do the gym could do something you could do something um yeah as we kind of said like get get a coach if it's for accountability it's like look you never regret the money you put into your your fitness if you feel better if you look better you know um but yeah totally i'd love to um explore a little bit about i mean a lot of my clients in particular a lot of people listening to this are going to be like sort of nine to five office workers they're going to be yeah typically do suffer with maybe a mild version of lower back pain maybe some have got more chronic lower back pain what um I guess like firstly um do you have any like advice in terms of maybe what they need to do to prevent that or like what are the common causes of like a, a typical lower back pain that a lot of people suffer from because I think it is quite common these days that people yeah. are, are going to suffer from that yeah like 80 percent of people have some kind of back episode in their life with 30 percent of those having like reoccurring back pain then um a lot of it is like disc irritations how do you think of it as the disc irritation if, it, if your back is generally stiff and sore in the morning, like if you struggle to put on your socks because you don't want to do that flexion motion, um, look, it's not the end of the world like a disc bulge by any means. Sometimes people can get very scared by that. It's just something that you have to address. So why that occurs in the morning is overnight, the discs can take on extra fluid. So because we've been lying down. So it's like if you have a, a bottle, if that bottle is completely full, Mm-hmm. any press on that bottle would make water scooch out so yeah. the first like five minutes in the morning if like if you can even like although i was on a podcast and i've been using like a, a microwave to cook like porridge but he was like it's a big no-no on it in fairness it is probably so i must look at something else but what i just power walk swinging my arms from the the microwave to the front door and back for like that 90 seconds yeah which helps one like the action of the arms moving opposite to the glute causes like an x or a support on the back yeah nice yeah and, and then doing like say a cobra we have like a five minute morning routine that we do with the back aware belt mm. um if people want to like even you can join the wait list at backawarebelt.com we can just send that to you for free nice. um just what it does is it reduces the amount of fluid in the disc to set you up now like say if you pour out some of the water out now i can press on the bottle without it like without water spilling out yeah yeah i think that's important i think the second thing then is if we are sitting um micro breaks like for every hour you're sitting you should be like standing for one minute yeah or arching if you can't afford to stand a thing you can do is like come to the edge i'm like at the moment perched on the edge of my chair that way then my back is like upright so i'm not rounding at my back and then i can just drop one knee to the floor look like a hip flexor stretch so my leg is my my legs behind my right knee is down and i'm just stretching that hip and i'll just hold that say for two to three minutes then i'll just take that up and i'll just drop the other leg now the first few times you do it you're going to be very tight through your hip flexors because we're used to using them a lot um Changing position then is important. The other thing you can do is like a lumbar roll. So just taking like a roll up towel and putting that in the the small of your back. So say if I do my changing position, usually I'm to the edge of the chair. That's probably the best one. But if I want, I can sit right back to the end of the chair or if I'm driving, 
and have a lumber roll. Have something that's going to keep your back in a its natural arch. Because a lot of the issues is we go into that flexion and we're in that rounded position. So we're sitting in this rounded position. Um, and then, as I said, when we go lifting, we're excessively moving into a rounded position when we're lifting because we're not moving through our hips. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. And also then after work, if you have, especially if your back is irritated, if you're sitting, slouching on a chair, lie down on the couch or the sofa. Don't sit on it, lie on it, especially if your back is sore Brains. because it's so much less pressure on the back then. Yeah. yeah. So lying down um, and then I said, watching yourself in the first like hour in the morning, just so we're not lifting heavily or like if I'm going to try lift something anytime or gardening or whatever is I'll push my hips back as far as they'll go. I'll place one hand, say my left hand on my left knee mm. and then I'll move through my back or bend through my knees. Because yep. now the main joint that's going to take that pressure is the hips. And then um, after that, so that's kind of looking at how do we protect the back a little bit more, like spare the spine, taking the pressure off it. The other element then is we do like our kind of back Pilates with the back aware bells or that type of thing. Just like focus on, on some kind of movement. And the gym can be very good for this. We're just getting used to moving through your hips, but keeping the core, like doing your core work where you're, you're practicing that neutral spine, keeping the back in that kind of middle position, focusing on moving through the back, focusing on moving through the upper back and getting that, you know, restoring those kind of movement patterns, switching things on. Because just like with the runner, there is only three systems that give us stability. The Like say the ligaments, the passive structures, the discs, the ligaments, the joints, mm -hmm. the muscular system, and then the last system is a nervous system, which gives yeah. us proprioception of when we're in a good position and when to fire those muscles. So we need to work. And when you're sitting on your ass for, you know, eight hours, like I have patients come to me. It's like, oh, well, I went to this physio and I was given this like glute stretch and I still have back pain. I don't know what's wrong. It's like you sit on your ass 10 hours a day. What did you think a 30 second stretch was going to do exactly? Yeah. You need to get these muscles burning. Um, to switch them on more yeah so yeah. that's that's kind of like at least once a week at least once a week doing that kind of you know glute bridging core work on your feet practicing good movement patterns learning how to move through the hips etc and um yeah that's what yeah. we're kind of using the back aware belt to try uh teach people to do it correctly and then have the technology to give them that feedback yeah, that sounds really interesting in regards to the back bell. But I, I do think people do sit down too long. Like I've got a lot of clients that just, well, obviously we coach them to, to not be in such a sedentary position. But even just looking at people's step count, you can really understand yeah. they, are, they are so much sedentary throughout the day. And that's probably why they are suffering with, with a lower back pain. If someone's got back at the moment, is it like, I know mean, there's never a quick fix to anything, but is there... A way in which they can improve themselves or do you think if someone is suffering with a with a case of low back it's got to be something that you go and get medical no, i would I, I think a lot of times if you do especially with that one in the morning I, like doing like even the cobras that's part of our yeah. five minute routine power walking like like getting out in the morning for like even five minutes that's exactly what Swing, we yeah yeah, yeah. yeah swinging that. your arms yeah doing that like at, like for five minutes in the evening time like i know even just do it inside sometimes the thoughts of putting on your runners or your trainers can make a difference just yeah. like walk like walking will take some serious pressure off and then doing like superman like opposite arm opposite leg in all fours a little bit of bridging uh, can make a massive difference and then as you said like 
like if you've been sitting for an hour, try stand up, just bring your arms overhead, just to arch, you know, go to the toilet, just stuff like that, just to take pressure off can make a massive, massive difference. You recommend that like everyone should have some sort of like mobility routine they're doing each day in terms of like actual basic stretches, like part of that, like a lifestyle approach in terms of, you know, like... Be nice. It's hard for people to, to commit to that. Massive. You know, people are, like, you know, so generally I'm like, Generally, like even with the runners or with back Pilates, I'm like, look, you got to just do it at least once a week. Yeah. And then kind of like what we were saying, like, or is there stuff that you do? Like, say for the person who's going to the gym, can we just put in a warm up and even like if that's there, it's fine. They could do warm up and an e-block. Some of them are like, look, just do one day of it to restore. Yeah. It, it does make a big difference. Like, cause I, um, I had a post and someone's like, oh, how can one day make a difference? And I'm like, you're not doing anything one day a week better than nothing and like yeah. significantly better than nothing because their level is so low yeah you know so um yeah that's kind of it, um, a, a week a daily mobility routine if you have disc pain you've got to do the morning routine but the only thing is with that the one we do it's only five minutes power walking as well mm. when you when you you weren't able to put on your your socks and now you can put on your socks it's not one I even have to sell too much. They, once they do it once or twice, they're kind of hooked. But everybody else, like I don't even do a a, a daily routine. I just get it done once a week. Yeah. You know, or maybe you do a bit more than that. Then I do a gym as well. But yeah, um, just at least something once a week to kind of move. And then, yeah. as you said, get up every for every hour. Maybe stand for a minute. Come to the edge of your seat. Yeah. Dropping one leg for that stretching here. I'm doing now. I've just had my left knee down. If I had a, a lumbar roll, at least I'm like not going into that really rounded flex position as I sit. Yeah, no, that's really useful. Just to kind of wrap things up then, Owen, um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone listening to this at the moment in terms of maybe it's towards more injury, injury prevention or like improving their lifestyle, you know, through this form of, of exercise, like what's the biggest kind of take home point that you would give a listener to improve their health in that aspect? I think for a listener, if you had back pain, I think there's two elements. One, you gotta you gotta be aware of what makes your back feel better and do more of that and what makes your back feel worse and try to do less of that. So the sitting is a good example. But say if, if it's standing for a long time that makes your back sore, well then try like sit down. If you're walking around shops, maybe power walk, swing the arms, mm. take a little break, you know, like I I like a, like like if there's a banister or something, have my arms and just let my knees drop. So I cause a gapping in the, in the back. So just be aware of what causes pain, do less of that. What, what feels good, do more of that. Back yeah. pain is way easier and it gets kind of, it's just so badly understood. Mm. Um, in general, then I think, as you said, for general um, injury prevention, just remember if if you have an area that's tight or whatever, it's like, it's always, it's either mobility, it's either then stability or activation, and then it's motor control and it's in that in that order. Mm. So no matter what the issue is, say if you have tight ankles, just like look up like ankle mobility drills, start with those, then look up like ankle strengthening and then start going back to the actual exercise that you were doing. If it's hip, same hip mobility drills, hip strengthening, go back to the exercise that will work for like 95% of people. The other, sorry, the last thing is if it is mobility, it's always in 95 plus ankles, hips, upper back. If you're looking 
for stretches for those, you're laughing, and then glutes and core for stability. And you're going to be laugh. You're going to be way ahead in the race. That's really good advice. Really good advice. I've learned, Chris. Lot- I love this. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> I've learned a lot of this podcast myself because, like I said to you before we we went live, this is an area that I really enjoy learning about. It's not an area that I've probably learned as much, and definitely not as much as someone like yourself. So it's um yeah, it's really good to learn from you, and hopefully you've. I'm sure you've uh, inspired and given a lot of value to the listeners as well. Where can people find out a bit more about you, Owen? In terms yeah, of- Breast Face is probably like, it's not out yet, but the back com. So it's B-A-C-K-A-W-A-R-E-B-E-L-T.com. So back belt as it sounds. And then I have a book called Secrets of a Healthy Spine. You can get it for free there as well. So it's com forward slash back book. Um, and you can just join the wait list. If you click the... If you click the wait list, um, it'll give you an option if, you, if you're more into interested back pain or like better technique. And we have like loads of articles and stuff like that that I've done just to help guide you. So that would be the best place, backwearbelt.com. Oh, awesome. Are you on any social media platforms as well? Yeah, we're at, at backwearbelt. I'm not doing much on them, but I, I need to probably <laughs> up it a yeah, little bit. Of I'm sure that's where a few people will check you out as well oh, so. yeah brilliant awesome well it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on thanks chris for- i love that man thank you so much out and, have and uh guys if you've enjoyed this episode um give it a like make sure you share us to your story um tag us both and uh also make sure you drop a five-star review if you're enjoying the podcast at the moment and i'll catch you guys in the next episode thanks a lot owen great thank you chris take care